Welcome to Astrolace, a podcast made to explore the universe and your place in it. Launching in three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Astrolace. It's your host, Lacey Payton, and I'm here to tell you good motherfucking morning. It is Saturday, February 15th, 2020, and I wanted to say I didn't even know my last post, my last episode was recorded on the 8th, and I was talking about the full moon being at um, 8 degrees at that time, or boiling down to 8 degrees at that time. So I just wanted to mention that. I thought that was really cool. Um, I'm also really excited to talk about the effects of the full moon, kind of the aftermath. I feel like a lot of people were very tired and a little bit exhausted after this full moon, and it was almost a super moon, so that could have been why it was hard to sleep because when the moon is shining really bright, it kind of tricks our brain into thinking that it's time to be awake. It's harder to sleep. It's a known thing for full moons to have trouble sleeping during this time. So everyone was a little bit tired. And we did have the mix-in with Mercury retrograde preface starting. So that was really interesting to see everyone very tired and also dealing with the prephase of mercury retrograde and if you don't know what the prephase is of mercury retrograde i am going to get into that a little bit more in a moment but the effects of the full moon in leo i wanted to mention that leo rules the heart and the heart is constantly giving and receiving blood it pumps blood in and pumps blood out and it rules our whole body so that's why uh, Leo is ruled by the Sun because the Sun rules the, mo- the majority of our bodies sorry this mercury retrograde is already starting to get things a little bit hard to come out so you'll have to just bear with me but part of giving and receiving I did notice that I was getting more paper cuts on my right hand and my left hand just to go into that story a little bit This was about two months ago. I started getting paper cuts on my left and right hand and it was every day and I was like, man, what happening? My spirit guides are trying to tell me something. So I was Googling, what's the spiritual message of paper cuts? And I couldn't find anything. So I asked my friend at work whose mom is like a real life shaman and she told me left hand you're having problems receiving you need to open your heart and receive more open your heart to the universe and be open to receiving the universe is trying to give you something and i was like wow that's really cool and then she said if it's your right hand you need to be giving more there's something that you need to be giving to someone or you are blocking something that you need to be giving i was like instantly giving and receiving it's the law it's the law of giving you can't receive until you give so during this time i feel like there was a lot that had to do with that especially with valentine's day yesterday that's a big day to give and receive especially to your loved ones for me on this full moon i did a meditation where i released a lot of things that were weighing me down that were causing me anxiety i wrote them down on a piece of paper and i said i release these and i as i ripped up the piece of paper and i threw it away and it was this whole meditation 
and I did it during the day. A lot of people think that you have to do full moon meditations during the night. I had one friend who was like, oh, I forgot to wake up at two o'clock in the morning to do my full moon meditation because it was going to be at 20 degrees on February 2020 and it was going to be so powerful at that time. And I was like, yeah, that's really cool if you want to do it at that exact time you might unlock more power if you truly believe that this is a more powerful time for you but the thing about the energy of the planets and the stars affecting us as humans is kind of i like to think of it kind of like the energy of your birthday or like a holiday so you have a birthday at an exact time like mine is 6 44 p.m but i don't wait till 6 44 p.m on october 25th to celebrate my birthday it's kind of like when i wake up in the morning it's like yay it's my birthday shit i might even have a birthday week if it's something significant like my golden birthday or my 50th birthday when that comes this kind of like the same energy that the full moon has so you can really harness this energy the day of or three days before or three days after it's not going to be in the same sign necessarily but it's still going to be a powerful energy speaking of the power of the energy i wanted to mention too that the moon changes signs every like two to three days because of its short orbit around the earth it's like 29 days in relative to the sun that has to go through 12 signs in 29 days which is only two to three days each right now the moon is in scorpio hala um even though my moon is in pisces but i really like scorpio energy because that's my sun sign but anyways you don't really feel the effect of the moon changing signs and changing zodiacs every two to three days because it happens so often it's like if your birthday was every two days you wouldn't be like oh it's my birthday two days later oh it's my birthday you kind of just get used to it and you come accustomed to those shifts so the moon is ruling your emotions so that's kind of like your emotional changes what i do is if i'm feeling a particular emotion that day is i like to look up what sign the moon is in so that i can kind of make a note in my journal and see how i was feeling that day but i don't necessarily hold myself to what the moon is in that day like oh you know the moon is in scorpio today so i can't go and hang out with people i have to go and be by myself that's not how it works another thing about energy and the planets is that you feel the effects of the outer planets changing into different zodiacs more because it doesn't happen as often so like uranus or neptune when they shift into a different zodiac you kind of feel that more that's why astrologers mention that on their astrology forecasts is because you kind of do feel that effect it's kind of like that once a year birthday a lot of those alignments that occur they'll happen every like 30 years or every 45 years or something like that you know your saturn return will happen almost every seven years so i think seven years might be 14 i don't know but um those things are going to be more you're going to feel more of an effect because they don't happen as often 
Okay, so as promised, I wanted to get into Mercury retrograde a little bit because it is getting to be that time. And if you haven't noticed, uh, cars and travel on the road have been a little bit weird. They're getting weird and conversations have been a little bit more difficult to have between people. Uh, You might find yourself having tongue twisters more often or just having straight up awkward conversations. Those are my favorite, actually, because people don't know what's happening and they just think that they're tripping balls and it's really funny to just sit back and watch them and be like, nah, it's Mercury retrograde. So the pre-phase of Mercury retrograde is basically when Mercury is tracing the line that is going to be going retrograde. And when it's going retrograde, it's not actually moving backwards. It's just our view of Mercury. It looks like it's going backwards because of the way of the, the orbit works. And everything about astrology is our view and our line of sight of the stars everything is moving around all the time nothing would be constant we go by our perspective from here on earth so when mercury appears to be going backward it's affecting our energy that way it makes everything that mercury rules i.e our communication our travel our way of thought and delivering messages devices those are all going to be affected and kind of go backwards in a way and when you're in the pre-phase shadow is tracing that line where it's going to be going backwards but it's not going backwards yet what i do during this time is i practice a lot of patience and i just understand that things are gonna start messing up and i am okay with it i don't get frustrated because i find that the more frustrated you get during this Mercury pre-phase, the more you set yourself up for frustration and anger during the actual Mercury retrograde. The actual Mercury retrograde, see it's so hard to say, is going to start on February 16th and that's for here in the United States. I live in California. West Coast is the best coast. No, I'm just kidding. This is universal time, the 17th, but here is going to be the 16th when it goes direct and we're going to really feel the effects to be really strong that day because when it's direct it's kind of standing still about to go backwards when it is going backwards quote unquote this is a time for you to go within and it's not a time for you to get angry and have outer conflicts with people you don't want to sign new contracts during this time you don't really want to like plan anything because that's doing that's exerting energy you want to put your energy inwards and reflect you want to journal you want to understand why things are happening to you because you know when things are raising to the surface that's showing you something that you need to deal with from within so if something is making you angry go within and find out the root cause of it don't blame the other person that might have made you angry or the situation that might have made you angry you really want to use your intuition during this time also practice patience know that your computer or your phone whatever app you're using anything like that is gonna have issues so just laugh and remember this podcast and think back to astrolase and be like oh that bitch was right this is gonna be happening for a while It happens about three times a year, so don't be like, oh no, it's Mercury retrograde. You know, we are somewhat accustomed to this energy. 
But if you are aware of this energy, you can kind of use it to your power. Instead of being angry for three months out of the year, you can be happy and be that light in a time of darkness for other people. After March 10th, when Mercury starts to go back in its normal direction, quote unquote, the consequences of how you acted during Mercury retrograde are going to really show. So if you were not paying attention to details, if you were making the wrong assumptions, if you were not paying attention to miscommunications between people or having transportation issues and just having road rage on the road, if you are dealing with that in a negative way, you're going to have negative results during the post-shadow after March 10th. That's another thing during the retrograde is to pay attention to details. Just double check your numbers. Don't fall into the routine of day-to-day -day life like everything has been going smoothly lately. You need to really pay attention to what you're doing and also don't make assumptions. Make sure that everything is out and in the open and outlined correctly before you move on. If you are going to make new contracts and things like that, it's not like you can't start a new contract or you can't buy a new car. You can't go get a new house during this time. You just really need to pay more attention to detail and you will benefit more if you do. Okay, I think I answered everything about Mercury Retrograde, but if you guys have more questions or there's more things that you'd like me to explain about it, let me know and I will totally go further into this in another podcast. But there was one more thing that I wanted to mention because I thought this was really cool. Um, I noticed that after the full moon, I want to say it was Monday or Tuesday, feeling like I wanted to kind of dress up more or look more... I don't know, I gave more fucks about my appearance, I want to say. So I looked into what Venus was doing and I was like, hmm, what's going on with Venus? Because Venus rules over beauty and it said that Venus was going to be squaring the true node from the 12th to the 14th, which was the exact days that I was feeling this energy. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. So whenever you have any planet squaring the moon's nodes it's going to be a t-square because the north and south node are directly opposite of each other they're 180 degrees across from each other which is basically forming a bridge between your past and your future of what you have learned and what you need to be learning so kind of like your true direction in life is what your true node is representing so when you have a planet that's directly above or 90 degrees making a square from your true node and a planet this is going to be at the top of the bridge kind of looking down at your current situation and where you have been and where you should be and kind of where you are right now if you had situations come up during those days think back to tuesday wednesday or thursday where there was love situations or money situations that were either difficult or good those situations were set up directly by your spirit guides so that you would look at them and make a decision and hopefully it would put you in the right direction and you wouldn't go backwards and sulk in it. Look at any of those situations with a positive light from where you're at right now. Where do you need to go? And I kid you not, you guys, Mercury Retrograde is already fucking with me. I just had to take my headphones off because the battery died. Now, I could have totally charged them before, but I did not double check the battery before I started this podcast. That's just another uh, example of you need to 
pay a little bit more attention to detail during this time. Okay, now to get into the heart and root of this podcast today, and that's to talk about all of the numbers in relation to astrology and the houses. For example, the first house is all about health and efforts and discipline, and it is ruled by Aries, and Aries is also about health and efforts and discipline. So there is a huge relationship in what sign rules the house, as well as which planet rules each zodiac. So this is pretty interesting stuff, how it all interrelates, just like all of us humans interrelate and just how all of us humans are interrelated with the universe because we are stardust and everything is all just connected and we are all one okay so the number one if you were going to be talking about in relation to a personality trait if someone's life path number were a number one for example you would describe them as being serious or kind of self-conscious or um, rather daring and courageous, rather willing to take that first step and they're kind of driven and heroic. So that totally relates to someone who is an Aries, um, which is a fire sign. They're very passionate and it is also ruled in the first house, which is going to be about personal identity and awareness of the self. So the number one, if you were to kind of look at it, it's standing upright like a soldier and it's kind of like a pawn in chess you can move it around and it's the first piece that you're going to move it's the first one that's going to be down to make a decision so when you're talking about the number one it's going to be kind of like that first step it represents kind of like winners someone who is very competitive Another thing about the number one is that in the first house ruled by Aries, Aries is ruled by Mars. So Mars is going to be all about your sex drive, your desires, and your determination, and your general like willpower or like your anger, your fighting style. If you are combative or if you're passive, that's going to be ruled by Mars. Just to, in a little side note, if you were to look at your natal chart and look at your Mars position, see which house it's at and see which sign it's in and that'll kind of give you um, a pointer on how you go about your anger. So if you are more subtle or if you're more aggressive, you're probably going to be in a fire sign if, if you're more passive you're probably going to be in a water sign for your mars but moving on to number two which is a very cool number i love the number two is actually the second step and it's also the number of relationships because one plus one equals two and i'm all about partnership and my love life and my husband and i like the number two so it means that you're turning a new page is also ruled by Taurus and Taurus is a fixed sign so it's kind of it's kind of like you made your decision from number one and you're taking the next step so you are fixed on your decision and Taurus is also an earth sign so it's ruling earthly matters possessions money personal values material goals it's the second house ruled by Taurus so Taurus is going to be ruled 
by Venus, which we just talked about earlier, is all about love and money. So you can see the relationship that Taurus is going to have with Venus and why Venus rules Taurus and then also the relationship, how that ties into the second house. If you were to talk about personality traits and your life path number was a number two, then you would be described as gentle, sensitive, and diplomatic. Uh, the peacemaker and guided by your heart over your mind so depending on what message you are supposed to be receiving from your spirit guides the number two can mean various things for example if you see the number 222 and it's just a message from your angel then it's probably telling you that it's time to make a change and embrace new beginnings. It's time to make that next step and to have that decision be made already. Or the universe has made a decision and you're about to experience that new change. That's what 222 is going to represent. If you were going to be doing a tarot reading and got the number two, the high priestess, this would symbolize intuition and wisdom and spirit guides and higher self. It would be letting you know to value your intuition and trust the messages that you're receiving. She has a moon on her forehead, which is definitely symbolizing intuition. So if you pull a two of any suit as well, it's going to represent choices or two different things that are in front of you that you are having to make a decision on. So this just really goes back to trusting your intuition and making the choice that you is going to satisfy your soul all right now my favorite number that was a drum roll is number three and the reason this is my favorite number is for no other reason but it is my personal life path number and how you can find your personal life path number is by adding up the days of your birthday. Each um, your day, your month, and your year down to a single digit before adding all three of those together. So my birthday is October 25th, 1993. That'd be 10 reduced to a 1, 25 reduced to a 7, 1993 is uh, 22, which is you add 2 plus 2 equals 4, and then you're going to add 1 plus 7 plus 4, so that's going to equal 12. Now you're going to reduce that down to 1 plus 2, and that equals 3. If you get like a 13 or a double digit, like 22 or 33, you don't reduce those down, I do want to mention, but I fully do associate myself with life path number 3, which is going to be characterized by people who are just happy-go-lucky they're very creative they like to make things happy and they are a little bit chaotic at times but they're very imaginative and playful and they're just down to have fun so even in a bad situation they can look at the bright side of life and that kind of does correlate with gemini's in a sense because gemini's are also happy-go-lucky and they're very creative and they're usually very artistic and make things that are artistic and people like to enjoy being around gemini's because they're fun and they rule the third house so the third house is having to do with kind of like the lower mind and logical thinking and because you got to think Gemini's an air sign so they are very psychological they got a lot of ideas going through their heads and they're going a thousand miles an hour they're very curious and this is what the third house is going to represent now Gemini is ruled by Mercury so the third house is also going to be 
in association with Mercury and about communication and how to do things and our mental process and how we digest information. So that's what the third house and the number three is also going to represent. If you're looking at the shape of the three, you can see that it's open to things on the left, which the left side is going to indicate receiving. So it's very open to receiving messages. And even if you were to put it down on its side, it would represent two cups and it's just going to be able to be filled with all this information from the other realms. You're going to be getting a lot of psychic abilities if you're a number three and you're also going to be very creative and you're just going to be very happy and happy-go-lucky. In tarot, if you were to look at the tarot card, it is the Empress, and she is just, she is just chilling, dude. She is who you want to be. She, she represents happiness, fertility, love, beauty. She's nurturing and stable and very generous. She's abundant and she is at peace with herself. Now, if you're seeing the number three throughout your day, or you even see it three, three, three in a row, take comfort in seeing this number because it's letting you know that your spirit guides are around and they have the information available for you. So maybe if you wake up at like 3.33 in the morning, take time to meditate and see if you can get a message. Um, this is a good time to receive messages from your spirit guides and just know that they're right there, right next to you, trying to give you a message and just even even if you don't receive it, just know, find comfort that they're there. Okay, so moving on to number four. Um, the number four is a really solid fucking number. <laughs> I made a numerology joke because the number four is going to kind of represent stability. If you were to flip that number over, if you're looking at it, it's going to represent kind of like a chair. And the chair is built with four legs, believe it or not. And when you're talking about the number four, it's going to be talking about preparing. So you are want to make sure that all of those legs of the chair are level and that they're stable before you go on to the next step. And this need to make a solid foundation is really going to just portray the full essence of the fourth house which is ruled by cancer and cancer is going to be all about family and your private life and just having a good stable home life they are really about the home they need a home base they're about nurturing their family they're very attached to the people around them and they're domesticated typically so that really shows what the fourth house is about if you were to look at the tarot card it's gonna be the emperor and he's sitting on this stone chair so it just shows the stagnant uh, stability of this energy of the number four. Now, Cancer is going to be ruled by the moon, which is our inner selves, our feelings, our deep desires, and our soul urges, and is what you need to feel emotionally. So depending on what message you need to receive, the number four can really represent a lot of different things. Maybe you need to focus on becoming more stable, or you need to have a more solid foundation. If the card is flipped in tarot, then this might mean that you are too focused on becoming stable and you need to take more of a but really what speaks to you through your intuition is what these numbers are really going to represent. If you see the number 444 and you believe this is an angel number and your spirit guide's communicating with you, it probably is and this is a great number to see because it's telling you to take a jump and that your angel guides have your back. 
You're playing things a little bit too safe and you need to take a leap of faith. Take that jump, do the next step that you've been contemplating in your third house, just thinking about it. Now you need to actually go for it. That's what the fourth house is going to kind of represent. So bring those inner feelings to the surface and really make it happen. But you need to make sure that you are going to be doing it in a way that is stable. Okay, so the number five is a really, really cool number because it's kind of going to represent the man and our human nature and any aspect of our personal expression, which is perfectly ruled by Leo. We talked about the full moon in Leo, so you guys kind of have an idea of Leo ruling your overall passion in life. The fifth house is also going to be about your passions, your personal creative self-expression and this boost of uh, this boost to your ego through pleasure and romance. And this is a very fixed energy, so it's very strong, and it's a fire sign, so it's very passionate. Five also relates to man in a lot of ways because if you think about it, we have five fingers, we have five toes, we have five senses. There's a lot of things about man that is related to the number five, and even the shape of it kind of looks like a little person. As we know, Leo is ruled by the sun which is going to be ruling ourself and our ego and our higher self. So that's kind of also why the fifth house is having to do with one's will and our sense of vitality. The number five also may come up in your life or you might be seeing it throughout your day if another change is about to happen or if you're going to be going on a journey. Also, the number five is the Hierophant in Tarot. And the Hierophant is going to have lots and lots of knowledge that man has collected through meditative states and also scientific research. So they are connected to the spiritual realm and getting knowledge from that side, but they also have a lot of earthly knowledge as well. So if you see the number five throughout your day, just take a moment to look around you and give gratitude for everything that you have been given thus far because things might change and things will probably change in the better direction, but just have gratitude for where you're at now because that's what your angels are trying to have you do by showing you this number. Now, the number we've all been waiting for, drumroll please, number six. <gasps> I know, you had to like turn down your speakers before I actually said that number, but no, six is not a bad number. It is, I mean, it's technically the devil's number if you were to look at the tarot card because it's the number 15, which reduces down to the number six, and there's a picture of the devil on this card. It rules the death card, but it doesn't symbolize that someone is going to die. It really just means that something from your past relationship or your past life is going to be haunting you at this time. It could be, and it's probably going to be psychological and it's going to be an underlying subconscious loop that you need to get rid of you need to cut right now it's not serving you any good and it's harming your day-to-day -day functions that's technically what the sixth health house is going to rule is your day-to-day -day functions and routines your physical health and your need for order so if you have something that's subconscious and underlying it's going to affect how you are physically healthy if 
one of your chakras is blocked, for example, you're not speaking your truth, you could end up having thyroid issues. So when you see the number six, your angels are trying to tell you to move past those anxious feelings and manifest what you want. So you need to rid your life of that negative energy and you can kind of find comfort in seeing like 666 because you know that your angels are nearby helping you get rid of those past traumas that need to be healed. I love that the sixth house is ruled by Virgo too because Virgos are known to be very into their day-to-day functions. Like they are the planners, they have graph charts, they have checklists, they love to get things organized. It's kind of like just their things. They also kind of let things get in their heads and keep them from moving forward. But some of them don't have this issue. If they are strong, they are able to put those behind them and move forward. Virgo's also ruled by Mercury and I think that's interesting because it's a form of communication and just how you do things in your head. So even though Virgo's not an air sign, Mercury kind of rules Gemini, which is an air sign, which is psychological and that's bringing it to your earthly matter. So Virgo is an earth sign. So if you're having psychological issues, they're going to be apparent in your earthly affairs. So if you are having anxiety, you can let go of past issues to be able to take that next step in your day-to-day life. Okay, so what did we learn about the number six? It is not terrible. It's actually a good sign from your angels that something is happening that they rose to the surface so that you could recognize it and let it the fuck go. So appreciate that. Know that they have your back. Commit without fear to your happiness and well-being and I promise you, your angels will reward you. If you are a life path number six, you are probably known as being very loving and caring and harmonious in all of your relationships with everyone. You kind of tend to get along with everyone and make the unity happen in your groups of friends. You're that warm and compassionate and nurturing person and you tend to be very sacrificing. So as you can see, the number six is not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's actually a good number. Now moving on to a lot of people's favorite number, which is the number seven. If you are a life path number seven, you are more spiritual, contemplative, introspective, and reserved. You tend to be more independent on and on a higher level of self-expression, which is more so introverted. The seventh house is ruled by Libra, which is also ruled by Venus. Venus, as we know, love and money. Libras are very beautiful. They are more caring about the type of clothes that they wear. They like the finer things in life and they like to weigh out their options. The seventh house is going to have to do with others and compromise and things like contracts, marriage, and business deals. So depending on when you're seeing this number, that's going to be used to communicate with you in a different way. Like if you're in the middle of signing a contract and you all of a sudden see 777, that's probably your angel saying, yes, bitch, that's the right one. Go for that shit. But if you are pulling a seven in tarot, that's probably going to mean that you are being guided in this direction so look ahead and focus on your goal you're being literally guided by your spirit guide if you're determined have confidence you can overcome any obstacles you have and succeed if you're seeing the number seven this is a really really positive sign if you see it a lot that probably means that you are on
on your path to spiritual awakening and it's just your angel saying yeah you're going in the right direction they're trying to give you confidence in whatever thought you were having kind of when you see that number if you were to look at the number seven two and how it's shaped you can see that the head of it is looking only in one direction and it's very determined it's kind of like the horse head on a noble steed and it's gonna be dedicated to going that direction whatever you choose your angel guys have your back the number eight is also a really cool number because it's in perfect balance on the top and bottom but when you look at things that are in balance it oftentimes mean that you are going through a decision and you're looking at two aspects of things so the eighth house actually is going to be all about transformation because it's ruled by Scorpio. Scorpios go through a lot of change and destruction, but it's all for the better purpose of rebirth and growth. So it's for the better good. It's gonna destroy the old and create a path for the new. Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, and Pluto is also very known just for death and destruction. You wanna put to rest old ways and really go forward with new ways of thinking. So eight is also gonna symbolize these new ways of thinking and that new social identity and this awareness that you have collected. If you were a life path number eight, you would be known as authoritative. You're probably an entrepreneur, but you are probably also indecisive at times, but you are well organized with a very strong desire to succeed and be recognized for your success and for those achievements that you work so hard for you are very grounded and you're very practical if you're life path number eight if you are seeing 888 as like an angel number this is a sign of success it's a sign that you are going to fall into a lot of abundance and prosperity very soon hold the faith the eight in tarot is generally going to be described as um, a card of integrity and making sure that you have a balanced outlook and treat others fairly so that just ties into the number eight and having a balanced outlook between two decisions and considering fairness between others um, it oftentimes has a lot to do with justice and law um, because of this balance aspect and also indicates that you need to give some more balance or some fair attention to your work and life balance now the number nine is really cool because it is one of the last numbers till you get to 10 so it's going to indicate coming to the end of a road which is the best time to look back and reflect on what you can do to have a better future so the number nine is going to be a higher mind higher thinking ruled by the ninth house which is ruling sagittarius so Sagittarius is all about philosophy and travel and really getting to the next destination. So if you pull a nine in tarot, you probably are going to be traveling soon. Or if you see a nine, you are probably coming to an end of a cycle and a new one is about to start. Or you need to look back at your path and what you've been doing lately so that you can make the appropriate change. 
Sagittarius is also, I might add, one of my favorite signs. My husband is a Sagittarius and he is just down to do anything with me and go anywhere. They are all about good fortune. So if you have anything having to do with Sagittarius, it's going to be ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter is broadening horizons, it's bringing abundance, it's expanding the mind. So if you had an idea, the number nine is going to expand it even more. Life path number nines are typically like classy and composed, but then they have this really goofy side if you can get it out out of them. They tend to be a little bit secretive because they work so hard to get that information that they have and they want to keep a distance, but they are very genuine and they will share their ideas with you if you just like crack them open a little bit. If you were to look at the number nine, it looks like a person is literally just standing there reflecting on the past because it's looking to the left. And I find that really funny because also in tarot, the number nine is the hermit, which is all about reflection. So it's a very, um, it's kind of like a Scorpio card, I must say, but it's beyond that. So it's self-reflection, contemplation, meditation, it's studious, it's the spiritual path and represents withdrawal in solitary time. So the hermit is kind of coming to the end of this path and looking within before it goes on to the next step. If you see the number nine a lot, it probably means that you do tend to think with a broader way of thinking and it's also asking you to share whatever wisdom you have with the world. Though maybe if you have come to this new life lesson that is really important to you and you're just going to like disregard it and move on with your life, you should share that with other people so that they can learn from it too or that they can just relate to you and know that they're not alone. Okay, so the rest of the numbers, I did want to mention that they are reduced down to a single digit so they will have a lot to do with the number one two and three but the tenth house is going to be ruling capricorn so if you add one plus zero that's going to be the number one capricorns are also very ambitious they like to take that first step they are very much so like an Aries, except Capricorn is going to be ruled by Saturn. And Saturn is all about life lessons and karmatic depths. And it's a little bit more of a difficult aspect of your life, the lessons that we need to learn. And this is interesting because the 10th house is also our midheaven, which is going to describe our career path and the direction that we're generally going to go in this life. If you were to look on your natal chart at your midheaven line, it's going to be the zero degree of your 10th house so whatever um, zodiac your 10th house is in that's going to be your midheavens think about the number 10 too it is kind of like the end of the road if 9 was approaching the end of the road 10 would be the actual there it's your fate it's your destiny it's what you've actually reached it's that opportunity that you took it's that final destination I love how this ties into the number 10 in tarot too because the number 10 is the wheel of fortune and the wheel of fortune is representing endless possibilities and it also shows that you're going to be like traveling around the world or you could have really anything the world has to offer you it could be yours so you need to trust in the universe to position you wherever you need to be if you're seeing the number 10 and whatever issues have affected you know that your situation is set to improve the 11th house is ruled by aquarius which is all about friendships and relationships with other people they are really into like conspiracy theories and just talking about like that random weird shit that no one else likes to talk about kind of like the stuff that we talk about here on astrolace aquarius is ruled by 
Uranus, which is going to be ruling the higher minds. Uranus has to do with scientific inventions, unseen aspects of life, um, stretching beyond our vision, so our kind of imagination and our virtual reality. That's what Uranus is going to be representing, and that's what also the 11th house is going to represent. And if you were to look in tarot, the 11th card is going to be about justice, which is also relationships with other people. Brings me into the final house, which is the 12th house, ruled by Pisces. It's going to also incorporate aspects of all the other people because it incorporates all of the other signs inside of one sign. That's what Pisces is. So it's very intuitive. It's about vision, spiritual health, and it's ruled by Neptune, which is all about dreams and fantasies and delusions. All the invisible aspects of your personality, those are ruled by Neptune. Your subconscious mind, that's ruled by Neptune. Your subconscious mind is going to be your dreams, um, that spiritual realm, things like that. The 12th house is kind of my favorite. I love to be wrapped up in the spiritual realm. It's like I kind of have one foot in the spiritual realm and one foot on earth at all times. That's just kind of how I like to live life, you know? But the number 12 is going to be reduced down to the number 3, which if you can remember, that is my favorite number. So that might be also why the 12th house is one of my favorites. I love talking to anyone who's a Pisces because they will get into those deep, weird, imaginative conversations. Kind of like how Aquarians would like to talk about weird shit like that. But that just goes to show that Pisces do carry lots of traits of a lot of other signs. And that's what that 12th house is going to have to do with is just overall vision and spirituality. That's going to be wrapping up all of the houses and the correlation with the numbers, the planets, and the zodiac. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did find that some of the personality traits did not resonate with you and you were like a Capricorn and for some reason you didn't feel those Capricorn traits, it's probably because of your planets like your sun, moon, and rising and other signs. So that's probably having more of an effect on you. So you really need to look at your birth chart. I'll probably go into your sun, moon, and rising next week. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day or night, whatever time you're listening to this. And don't ignore your spirit guys if they are sending you signs listen to them all right that's it see you next week